What is up and welcome into the Easy Smoke in the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-hosts. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon legend. He's a Grambling State legend. He played second base for the Tigers. He was all swag. It's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got the NFL draft enthusiast, the Madden football junkie. <laughs> and um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about John Madden a little later. But uh, he's Glenn Morgan. You can catch all his work at NBCSportsChicago.com and the My Teams app. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Doing all right. Okay, on. man. Doing okay. One of those kind of eventful days, making yeah. kind of reflect on things. So I'm, I'm a yeah. little, uh, little, a little in my head a little bit today, but you know it's all good. All right. So let's let's get started. Let's start on Bulls. Was, you know, we got some bad news today. Uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, get to that in just a moment. But start start with Bulls, um, and they've had a uh, a good Christmas week after coming back from uh, from the COVID protocols. Uh, with big wins over the Pacers and the Hawks. Zach Levine came back and, uh, you know, did what Zach Levine does. And uh, DeMar DeRozan is playing at that MVP clip. Vooch played pretty well against Atlanta the other night. And uh, this, this, they're rolling, man. This team, this team is, 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 is looking good. And I'm just hoping that we don't have to have any other, any other stoppages because it seems like this, they're, they're where they need to be right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, apparently, um, they're more rested with COVID break early mids, early season in <laughs> the rest of the league, and they come in and take it out on them, even when they're short-staffed. I mean, that's two impressive wins, man. I mean, Indiana's, I don't know how playoff viable they are, but there's some very talented players on that team, and you know, players that we know that are, you know, are relatively household names. And you look at the Hawks, they made it to the the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they've got one of the more pre- one of the premier guards in the league and uh, an ice tray. So to to win, and yeah, the Bulls sometimes let you back in the game. It's just today's NBA, so I'm not I'm not overly worried about that per se. But how they respond when the game comes to crunch crunch moments, uh, mainly because they let it of the team back in, and how they respond uh, is something they would have lost this game last year. As a matter of fact, they did lose this they, game yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know that very same team. Um, so it's it, man, dude. It it just to me it speaks a lot to their mindset, their belief in one another. Uh, you just see like no matter who's out there, you know, guys are switching on defense, they're communicating well, um, and that's really important for a team that's that's new together, so to speak. A lot of new parts here on this team. And unselfish when it comes to to, to, to the basketball, man, because offensively, I mean, you know, you can see where they set up Vooch. They try to get him into the flow. You can see when they, they kick it out without holding on. You can see what they set But I mean, look at the Levine and DeRozan had what, nine, one had nine, one had 10 assists the other night. Yeah. That's, and then they're, they're not point guards. They're yeah. score, They're literally a scoring wingman. I mean, that, their job is to be professional scorers mm-hmm. and they're distributing the ball like that. So, um, yeah, man, I could talk ad infinitum, but I don't know. It's just super impressive how they're playing and how they seem to be tough-minded. Yeah, yeah. Can't say enough how impressive they've been. Uh, just all of especially watching that game yesterday, Ice Trey started out looking like it was about to be a rough one. <laughs> right. You know, cooking Kobe, but then the Rook come in, 
man, he plays solid defense on them and, you know, and, and slow them down a bit, you know, it's everybody is just buying in. That's what's so impressive with this team. Like mm-hmm. everyone has that buy-in. And like you say, they, it's, it's exerted getting Booch going, trying to get him going early. But I love, I love the other things I see from Booch, you know, like Capella's a very guy, you know, and Booch was very active yesterday, mm-hmm. blocking shots and, 17 rebounds like that's 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 big you know that's that's what capella gets (laughs) you know right you know (laughs) i did over under on both of them rebounds and from for some dumb reason i did under (laughs) both (laughs) and they both exceeded that by far but let's not get into that but uh but man it's you know it's just impressive to see and him come through the way he did in the end of the game Hit three big threes in the fourth quarter, like making big shots, running the floor. Like it, it was Vooch has been the one key piece to me. Like, dude, if we get you going consistently, teams are in trouble. DeRozan, I tell people all the time, if the game if the game is close, I'm confident in, in that guy getting us a bucket. Like, I'm just confident in him getting us a bucket. And Zach. It's gonna be Zach. I mean, the way he closed out that first half, because right. we were pretty, we were losing most of that first half, and then we went on that spurt and that like towards the end of the first half, and then he closed it out with a bang with the buzzer beat at the end of the half. Man, right. that, seems better. Better be be watching out, man. Better be watching out. And and another thing I saw that I loved though, I feel like Kobe. It's feeding off what Io brings to the floor. I think that's motivating Kobe. Boy, to he, do. he 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 worried about. Hey, hey, I don't give a job. damn. Hey, he said, hey, he said hey, <laughs> hey, it's motivating him in a positive way. You know, he he's showing effort on the defensive end. He just, I mean, hey, some people you just can't guard if you ain't that type of guy defensively. Ice Trey was kicking his ass early on, but as Io warmed down and later on in the game, he started playing a little better defense on them both of them had five fouls so it clearly took right. took the all they had to keep that little mug in check but but he you know you know i mean they did their thing and my boy matt thomas hit three threes you know <laughs> he's back you know I mean, he becoming a, a smoke favorite you know he, <laughs> i expect him to be able to hit an open three <laughs> not to be not to be uh racially biased but <laughs> well hey, you know you, the, the the spot up shooter there's a place for him in this game so uh yeah so yeah when your name's called upon you know you got you got you got to do some work are you guys at, at all uh surprised at how well that DeRozan and Levine have been able to to coexist um and this 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 first first half of the season because I don't I think when when the signing happened when DeRozan the, the uh, excuse me when the DeRozan signing happened everybody was thinking well they're the same guy pretty much how's that going to work but it's it's it seems to be working fine just fine right now I um, never thought they were the same yeah I was gonna say I agree with you I never really thought they were the same yeah like I said like I've said earlier I think. This is the most explosive score DeRozan has ever played with. 
And that's why I think DeRozan is having the type of season he's having because you can't, you can't focus on one or the other. If you do, and the way they're playing, it's like one give you a good five minutes in a row of busting your ass, and then it's the <laughs> next one turn. So it's like you really don't know where it's going to come from, but both of them are so efficient. It's, it's ridiculous. And Zach has the ability to do it all over right. from the perimeter, can get to the rim, finish strong at the rim, and that leads to Rosen, that mid-range game that he loves. And you you can't – with Booch also being that guy that can pick and pop as well. You know, so I think – I felt they wasn't the same guy, and I was just very interested to see how it works out because of the way everyone thought DeRozan had fell off, you know, when in his time in Toronto – I mean, in uh, San Antonio. Antonio, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't – I'm not surprised, but for different reasons, but kind of the same reasons you just said. Uh, but just from a different way of looking at it. And what I mean by that is I, I didn't see their games as similar. And I actually thought, I'm like, well, DeRozan, he's that veteran. Maybe he'll be that sixth man off the bench. He'll be that that guy that takes the second unit. That's how I thought he would be more employed. I would say initially I didn't see them both on the court at the same time, only because, not because they, they had the same game, but because they both may have needed the ball to help the team score or felt mm-hmm. that way, you know, just – just into rows and trying to, you know, kind of like when you had LeBron and Wade that first year, who's going to be the guy who's going to be mm-hmm. the score, just kind of, you know, trying to figure that out. Although they figured they, they struggled all the way to, to the championship round. You know? <laughs> so if you want to call it struggling, but, uh, but anyway, and I'm, I'm more, I'm more pleasantly surprised to see just how well they play. And when I think about them now, it's like, I see DeRozan as, the team he insulates the team from big runs big negative runs or runs by other teams against him by his ability to continually score and then i look at at levine is more outside kind of outside protector like he's able to protect the loss against the loss because he can fill it up from outside we need six points we need we're down by nine he'll get us quick six you know he has that perimeter protection and then you look at uh, DeRozan as kind of a team helps insulate the team against itself. And I think that it's, it's kind of like, I don't know how the heating works, the inverse conduction or whatever that stuff goes, but it's kind of, it's kind of way over my head, man. It's kind of the same. I mean, one, one's cool, calm and collected from inside and that's DeRozan. He even spoke mm-hmm. to it in the press conference saying, you know, I look at my, you know, as, you know, I'm not, no one is going to make me get out of my game is what he said. No, no one's going to take me out of my game. I'm so my poise is what I'm most confident in about my game. So he's that cool, you know, in, induction in, and then you know, Levine can heat it up from the outside, man. So it's just working like it's working, you know, like it should. And it's in a, in a kind of you know, allegorical kind of way. Yeah. Like, you, man, like you just said, and it really stood out. Like, the Rosen is that guy to keep us from go- getting in bad stretches mm-hmm. and slumps on the offensive end. Like we missed two in a row. Okay, get the ball to Rosen. <laughs> right. Let him get to his spot. Spot. Yeah. We down a few buckets. We need some explosive buckets. Zach, do what you do. It's it's crazy. Like how that really plays into ha- plays into their hands like that. I think I think Billy Donovan has also has figured out how to play these guys and get them the rest that they need. While mm-hmm. still keeping one on the floor, so even though they, I think they average like thirty-five minutes a game, 
you know, he's yeah. able to, you know, Zach's out there, you know, they, they start, but then Zach's out there at one moment getting, uh, getting DeRozan to blow, you know what I'm saying? They switch it out and right. then come fourth quarter time, you know what I'm saying? When it's, when it comes stretch time, they both are ready to go and, and aren't, you know, winded. It's right, not a hard right, 35. It's not right, a hard yeah, 35, right, 38. Right, you know, right. it's, it's well, like you said, well distributed, well dispersed. So they can, you know, they can rest without getting stiff. You know, they can stay, mm-hmm. they can stay, you know, hey, yes, you, great point, dude. I mean, that, that's, and that's, dare we say, that's where coaching to me, as far as coaching in general, you got to know your players and, and, and be able to utilize them to their best abilities. But in terms of what we've had as a basketball head coach here in Chicago for some time, <laughs> you know, or like there for of, mm-hmm. that's the difference an NBA coach can make. It's not so much as the game is happening all the time, like you have with college football or, or college sports, where the coaches kind of dictate a lot of what's happening on the court, almost like every mm-hmm. place. Not that it's, it's the stuff that we don't see in a lot of ways. It's figuring out what, you know, in a lot of times when it comes to NBA basketball, the roster, you know, how are you going to put the right, players out at the right time kind of like in hockey get the right shift out there at the right time you know you got to know when to shake it up a little bit when who's playing well with whom and so on and so forth but that's why i think donovan as you alluded to as is really showing his his acumen as as an nba head coach because he's able to say okay Vooch is struggling on the floor of DeRozan. How can we get them better situated together? And we've seen that lately where mm-hmm. Vooch is not so much at the top of the key where they can't, you know, they have to turn around maybe to see where he is where they, if they're trying to do a bailout pass or they have to turn around to find him. They don't have to, you know, you know mm-hmm. lose half a step defensively. Now he's more peripherally in their, their, their telescopic, or not telescopic, but he's more peripherally in their, in their visuals. So that way they're able to kick it out to him and see where he is. And he's in a better rhythm because he knows not to expect it. And they know where he is. And now as a team, you're starting to see that now because they he found they found Vooch pretty easy, man, mm-hmm. late down the game. It's like, okay, he's over to the side. He's right here. I know where he's going to be. There's no hesitation. And then Vooch can, you know, take it confidently, step into his shot. And it probably makes a difference for a big guy like that. You know, he's not yeah. going to jump shoot it. You know, you got to step into his shot and feel comfortable with that. And I, I, it's, yeah, man, it, the, the coaching is done well. And as I think Will Purdue alluded to the other night, you know, with management nowadays, you can't just hit on, you know, the, your first pick, which, you know, you should hope that you're going to do, but it's the peripheral additions to the team that you have to hit on the free agents. Okay. Mm-hmm. The guys you draft in the second round, like the Somo, I mean, come on, man, that's it. That's a, that's right now. That's a good win. It's, yes. it's probably one of the more underrated best draft, you know, second round or, or, or day two draft or however, you know, uh, second round pick that there is out there, but, but rookie picks overall, yeah. you know, so, and now you, but you gotta, you know, have had a coach that knows what the hell he's doing with those players, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and to make all of that work in, in concert. And so right now the, the bulls are orchestrating a very, very challenging, formidable team going forward. Yeah, and that's the one thing, like you said, with Donovan and getting those guys key rest. He's not stuck in his way with those guys either. Mm-hmm. If if it looks like the Rosen has it going at that point where he will sub one of them out, he's keeping the Rosen on the floor and vice versa. Or it's like if the team is maybe down to 
teeter and need that guy to keep the game close. The Rosen stays on the floor. If the offense is kind of running and got it, got it going, just Zach stays on the floor. The Rosen get his break. It's it's never the same thing. It's always in the flow of the game, like you said, with who's doing what. <laughs> now, one thing I do notice he he likes to sub Vooch and Zach together, though. Mm. One thing the the uh, pick and roll with them two seems to work better. a lot better right. than with uh, DeRozan and Vooch. DeRozan, with DeRozan, it's like Vooch stayed out his way so he could do what he <laughs> needs to do which, in that mid-range. Which is interesting considering they were teammates in college. Yeah. So there's some familiarity there. <laughs> it's like stay down low and get this rebound if I miss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but with Zach, it's like that pick and roll. Zach is, Zach is often looking for Vooch. Often. Mm. And it's like, it's good to see, but it's like sometimes, Zach, man, don't force it. Just do what you do. Get the bucket. You get buckets. <laughs> but but I see him making a certain effort of really trying to get players involved on the team. Sometimes passing up. He Well, he passed up so many good shots and take tough shots. It's, it's weird to me. And he makes them. It's like, <laughs> dude, like. He's bored. You, he needs a you, difficulty. It's, it's like you need a challenge or something. Like, dude, you was wide open. And then you got to doing a spin. And you like, he he makes so many. And then go up and shoot. It's like, right. what, what rhythm is that? <laughs> like, but they go in. It's like, God damn. You think your rhythm off. But, man, yeah. Billy, Billy is doing a hell of a job. Hell of a job is so, and, and to your point, even more so, or additionally, yes, Billy's doing a hell of a job. But I think what we see is the players are recognizing, like the coach needs to recognize it so he can make the adjustments, mm-hmm. but the players are recognizing it as the game is happening. And you're seeing that it's like, oh, okay, you're out here, then this is my role. Oh, you're out here, okay, then this is my role. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're able to seamlessly go back and forth, like Caruso. There are times where he's more the, you know, I'm just going to be here agitating, blah, blah, blah. Then there are times where he's like, okay, I need to score because the other guys are having a tough time scoring. Like if he's playing the second unit especially, okay, we're struggling. And he'll take it to the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do that. He doesn't do it all the time, but he's like, okay, this is the time I should do it. Okay, we need some points for me. So instead of getting four points today, I'll get 10. You know, but it's when he gets those 10 that makes a difference that helps, you know, swing the momentum in the Bulls' favor. So the players are recognizing it themselves, which, again, it is it is exceptional how well they're doing it, which is 30 games into the season. Yeah. I don't think people realize how difficult it is to play with an entirely new team. <laughs> and that's yeah. pretty much what the Bulls have. We've talked about it before, just two guys remaining for all intents and purposes. And Fuchs got here a little bit late, you know, but – Fontes of purposes, you know, Kobe and, and Zach are the, the you know, the long-term tenured mm-hmm. guys here. So for the Bulls to do that and to do it in a situation where they've lost so many players because the kind right. of not there, <laughs> that's even more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, between COVID and, and a few injuries here and there. So where your 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 lineup, your your roster is constantly like in a state of flux, you know, to do all that and to to be winning where you're at 11 games something we haven't been in i don't know how long we've been double digits over 500 that is that that is that is amazing a lot of things are, are working rhythmically right now from the from the front office down to the players absolutely yeah yeah uh lonzo ball um tony bradley and then alfonso mckinney who we uh 
We picked up just for just to get infected. Just for the ten, yeah, for the ten day. He showed out. He showed out and earned earned the earned the 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 standard contract. So he's he's in for the rest of the season. He moved to to the to the to the COVID list. I'm hoping, man, this is the end of this. Right, and you know, once they come back, I think we we get back to to some type of normalcy. Uh, the Bulls have four games in the next six days. Mm. So I think that's going to be a, even though, you know, it's uh, Atlanta, uh, they got the Pacers again, uh, Washington on New Year's Day. Mm. And who's the other? Um, yeah, Orlando. Orlando. They've got Orlando coming up. Have to play in Atlanta and Indiana again, and if we win those, that would be phenomenal. Right, right. But still, I mean, coming off, you know, um, they've been off for a little bit, so they should be somewhat rested. But um, that's still a tough stretch, uh, four and six. He just played them because they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but they should, I, you know, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go three and one here. Three right. on in this next stretch. You know, What's the four again? What's the four? Atlanta, Indiana, Atlanta, Washington, Indy, Washington, and then Orlando. at home against Orlando. Orlando. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three and one as well. Wow! Wow! See, I see what it is here. You know, this is BS. This is some bullshit. So y'all go high. And so for me to make karma work right, I'm forced to go and be the bad guy <laughs> week in and week out. You know, I see y'all, man. I see right straight through y'all transparent ass. So I'm going to say two and two. How about that? <laughs> two and two. <laughs> I don't think they can, you know, they're going to beat both of those teams that they just played. One of them going to lose to. And then they're going to be up 2-1, come back home and, and lamp on Orlando and Orlando's late. And in, in youth and don't give a damn attitude as they'll catch the bulls and catch them off guard. No, they're not losing Orlando. No, no. Okay, right. so that's okay. I'll be the bad guy. I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and put them. The they lose. They out. lose to Orlando. We're gonna go off on the next episode. I tell you that right now. <laughs> that's a bad team. That shouldn't happen. Wait, dude, we lost to a one in fifteen team when we played them. Are you kidding me? Hey, that did happen. Ten wins now. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they've been they've been rolling since then, though. The the, the Houston Rockets, right? So people look at us as their homecoming game. Hey, we want to get right. Let's get the Bulls. <laughs> I'm saying I was a really good team. They just you know they clearly had some bad breaks before playing the Bulls. That's right. all it was. Right. They didn't have the break of fortune to play the Bulls before ahead of time, so they didn't have to go on a fifteen game. The Rockets are gonna mess around and, and make the playoffs here. Look at this. Uh, <laughs> what do you think Orlando's thinking? Well, hell, if they can do that, no, nah. change it around. <laughs> nah. So can we. I'm good. I'm good on that one. I'm good on that one. But it's good. This is good to see good basketball here. Yes, no doubt about yes. it. Hey, let's uh, let's move on to the Bears. Why? Um, <laughs> because it's a sport, and um, you know we need to flip it this. Needs next. to be talked about. But you know what? I'm being negative. But they actually won. They did. <laughs> they did. They, they did. did. A comeback win at that. A comeback win at that. Comeback win. Uh, Nick Foles came out and actually played a decent game. Yeah, it wasn't great. But... He, he completed an entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he played well. The defense came out and um, competed. Yeah, they showed effort. Uh, Robert <laughs> Robert Quinn, I think. Robert Quinn, I think, solidified his spot on this team next season. Uh, uh, no doubt he's about playing, that. He's playing for history right now. So. Yeah, yeah. What's he one away from Denton? Half, half, half a sack. Half, half mm-hmm. a sack from uh, from Richard Dent's uh, 1984 record of 17 and a half uh, sacks. So, um, so yeah, that's a that's a huge accomplishment. Um, more, he gets the record, right? What's that? Six six more he gets the record, or seven more he gets the, the NFL record. The record is what? Uh, twenty two. Strahan's twenty two, right? Right. Yeah, I believe so six. So six more. You, you, you think you can record. get that in two games? Anything is possible. You playing the Giants? My damn, Miles Garrett got six versus us in one game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, the <laughs> Giants, and it, the way this virus is going, who knows who'll be quarterback in Minnesota? That's yeah. right. Because he's, yeah. he's not vaccinated. Yeah, he's not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Right. And Wentz just went down with the well, – I should say went down, but Wentz just went out with Wentz the, the yeah. control code. He's now. out. And he's, un- he's unvaccinated. Two quarterbacks yeah. with playoff potential teams are unvaccinated down the stretch. No, so, your fans are going to not forgive you, which is funny because they'll be the same fans that are anti-vaxxers. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good for them. The Bears won. Uh, in Seattle, tough place to play, but Seattle's not a good team. Let's 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 be real. So I don't even really want to talk about what happened in the game. Um, well, wait, 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 wait. You said Seattle's not a good team. Like but, they're not a good team, but it's equal. We're both bad, so we're both equally bad. And that was on the road in the snow, and we're not used to playing in the snow in Chicago. Not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it was pretty cool. Yeah, to see snow. Uh, I mean, it was it was the day after Christmas, but I mean, it was you know, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I know we got to talk about the Bears, but what is wrong with Seattle? I that's a good that's a good question. It, and I asked that because Russell Wilson was like, we wanted him. And when, I know we, he got injured. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not we, Kimosabi. I mean, the, the Bears, the city oh, okay. was hoping to get. Uh, wait, wait. You didn't, want, you didn't want Russ? No. Not and at I, all. I, 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 I love Russ. I would have settled for him. No, if you said Russ four years ago, I'd have been pumped. I hate when we get a quarterback towards the tail end. And I don't know if Russ's game would work. With the quarterback that we, with the head coach that we had, you know what I'm saying? It's just like Tampa, yeah. Tampa mm. Bay got got Brady, who's got to be at the tail end. He's freaking 44 years old. Brady's game was never based on his ability to scramble, though. Okay, and and, and that's why I asked because I'm like, have Russ been living off the past? Because his last couple seasons, they start off hot. Mm-hmm. But, but then not, they end. It's, but then not they, ju- it's not just him. Uh, but if they're but if they're starting off that hot and it's all him that gets the credit, and then they two years in a row, not counting this year, right, two years in a year. row, right, they right, faded extremely badly. Yeah, like on a with, lot of when, when when Pittsburgh did that last year was get Ben out of here. Ben needs to go. When Russ do it, it's like everyone else gets to blame, and I'm and I, I I'm gonna admit I was hoping that we got Russ, but it, it's starting to become a red flag to me. Like, hmm, is Russ part of the problem <laughs> in Seattle? 
I'm not going to say he is the problem, but is he part of the problem? Uh, it's something that I think needs to be considered. I, I think he is. If you ask me how, I can't explain it. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, because <laughs> um, it's, because, you, you know, when he throws certain passes, you're like, okay, that's for us. But then there are times now he holds on to the ball a little bit longer or there's a little more indecision where you didn't used to see that. Now, is that 100% him? No, I don't think it is. But I'm not going to say it's not him. But it's hard to say that's the reason why they aren't working, although it could be an integral reason as to why they're having issues. Uh, blocking schemes have not been good for several years, and that may be playing into his indecision a little. He may, I'm not saying he's getting spooked, but that clock might be a little bit quicker you know so he's prematurely scrambling you know and running into sack like he got sacked by quinn the other day and i was like dude like the old russ would have at least thrown the ball away yeah. <laughs> he, he lost a lot of yards. I'm like what are you what are you doing mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm the bear fan i'm like what are you doing you throw the ball away <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i i just want to i just want to get y'all view on that just just yeah. thinking of like i think Pete Carroll's part of the problem too though well, and and I and I and the, a lot of that is because had he came here, what what I'm getting to is I think had he came here, I'm seeing that it wouldn't have been different. Is what I'm saying. No, it'd have been worse because we would have had him here longer, and it would have been bad because the coach would have stayed. No, I don't know if the coach would have stayed. I, I, look, I, are we? I, he's running Seattle, a team and an organization and a system he knows, and they haven't won seven games yet this year he comes here with Nagy system we might still be you know that's what i'm saying not, i think i don't think it get i don't think it's that much better right it's not that much better i think it's worse because we're stuck with his contract longer because it's russell wilson you know what i'm saying and he, russ is still going to be it's not me it's the head coach you get rid of him but then you find out well what it all just said it was kind of russ too mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you're stuck you know, another year or two, figuring out, like, you know, I think Russ is the problem. <laughs> it's so, not, yeah. but it's, it's it's not just Russ, though. I mean, look at the what, what no. that defense is doing over there, man. No, it's not. It's not just Russ, but you let, Russ you let the, you let, the, you let the Bears put 25 up on you. That shouldn't happen. True, and they were shouldn't down. Happen. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. Uh, you lose to the Titans. You, you let them put 33 points up on you. But you know. know what you do, though, if you're Russell Wilson, because you won a Super Bowl and been to two of them, and you've been an all-star, you're a potential Hall of Famer. Only so much you can do, though. Hey, man, keep the clock, keep keep keep, keep the uh, chains moving. But you I know? mean, I mean, you. But what about the offense? I mean, no, 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 the offense hasn't been great, but I'm not, I'm not ready to 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 throw Russ under the bus and 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 put the blame squarely on him. No, could, he played, I, I could he have played better? Yes. But it's, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's not no, just. No, I think, no, no, no doubt. I, but I, I think he's more, I think kind of what we're saying is he's more of the problem than has been reported or has been, yeah. that, that, would, that would seem to be, but he's not being held to task as much because of all these other peripheral things. And because he's Russell Wilson, yeah. he's getting the benefit of the doubt. So he's saying that his light skin is giving him privilege. and yeah and all and the reason i'm saying it is because the more i watch them this season the more i realize the bears would not have been any different with russ this season for sure 
looking at what Russ is doing with Seattle. Mm-hmm. They're well, not ta- that they're he has better talent on offense right. outside exactly. of the running back position. But like what differently could we say would have been in Chicago if Russell Wilson was our quarterback? That's why I'm asking it. Because I don't think off. I think what we're learning is oh well yeah I, yeah yeah <laughs> our supporting cast is not there so yeah you're I I agree with that yeah that's more so what I'm saying like, I'm like and like what GM said as far as the contract go and all that it's like because the question was with the Bears been be- are the Bears better off now with drafted Fields or mm-hmm. would they have been better off taking mm-hmm. Russ and the answer is definitely better off drafting Fields mm-hmm. because. I don't think the team would have been that much different with Russ and we might be stuck in that situation much longer with Russ because of contract and stuff like that. I agree. I agree with that. With fields, he could potentially grow to be great. And he's a rookie. We have money. We will, we will have money at some point to build around him. Hopefully, you know, it all contingent, but I mean, Oh, they have some money next year, especially yeah. with Robinson's contract coming off the books. Um, but you're right with 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 uh, Fields, you have room to go, but grow. But with Russ, you would have had to win now. Mm-hmm. Everything was be sacrificed to win now, and if winning now meant you still have a seven and ten record or a six and eleven record, then you screwed yourself, <laughs> and that's what we would have done. Not just for the for the for the present, but even going forward with fields, it's like okay, there's a little more latitude to make a mistake here. There's a little more room for growth because at the wor- the worst, quote unquote, what happened is you start trading off guys with their contracts. So maybe Hicks and not Hicks, but maybe um, Kyle, you know, Matt goes, and maybe one of the offensive linemen goes, you know, because now you're trying to, you know, rebuild with younger foundational pieces going forward but you got a little room room to do that with Russ, there was no room you had you better had you better be in first place you better mm-hmm. be if you're not in first place you're a game behind the Packers. yeah so back to the bears here um i think we got our answer on um what the future of this team holds um we are in week 17 now this is the first week that uh teams can interview um, head coaching candidates if they announce that the uh, the current coach will be gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is just me talking my personal opinion, all right? If Ryan Pace were coming back, they would have used this week to, uh, to talk to uh, potential candidates. They are not using this week to talk to potential candidates. That must mean major changes are coming to Howis Hall. What do you guys think about that? Am I am I am I far off? Let, let me ask because I see Jim is very tickled right now by this. I a hundred percent agree. I think initially I was like, okay, they go. They're going to fire Nagy. Then I'm like, wait, you know, I had to sit back and really think about it. Like, wait, if they fire Nagy now to interview coaches, yeah. then that, wait, that means Ryan Pace is going to be the one hiring the next right. coach. How is that possible? He needs to go too. So the best bet would be for them to wait to the end of the season yeah. because 
because even if you fire both of them now, you got to at least hire a GM first. Right. Before you start trying to interview coaches. So it's still like wouldn't have made sense to me. So it's like finish the year. And I think both are gone. Just I believe both just my thought, even if you were even if you were you were going to bump Brian Pace up to, let's say, the president of football operations operations and and bring in a, a new GM under him. You would still start this this hiring process right now. The Jaguars um, are supposed to talk to four, both the I think both both coordinators the coordinators for the for the Bucks and yeah yeah, uh, starting this week. I'm sure the Raiders are gonna are gonna be talking to somebody that that announcement is gonna become shortly. So you so you're putting yourself behind if you don't start now, unless you're looking at at broad changes for the organization. Uh, so you're saying they don't want to get into the early sweepstakes to get someone good because that would involve uh, Pace having to be involved in that decision-making. Yes. If, if he's not the GM. If he's not the GM. If he's not going to be the if, GM. If, why if you planning that? on firing Pace. But all that works out well, which is why I just want to make certain. I, I think I've I hear what you guys are saying. And that's why I laugh because you guys are making too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> and that's rational. And that's what should most right thinking people, correct thinking people would do. But y'all know better. You know, y'all know they don't think right. You know, they take two times more longer to make a decision than I did to get that sentence out. They, they struggle mightily with doing things proactively they are the most reactionary late coming johnny come lately teed to make a decision that i've seen in a long time the bingles the cincinnati bingles look like forward thinkers compared to the chicago bears right now and that just should never be but you're talking about you know again teams owned by families but still a long time family but i'm saying man yeah that all sounds great guys and, and, and yeah, you know, I hope you're right from your mouth to God's ears. But I just know damn well sure they're gonna <laughs> screw that up and they should have taken advantage of an opportunity. But I, we'll see, man. I just see somehow I, I think Pace is gonna find himself with a job with, in a Chicago organization. I I surely hope not. Look, why why didn't they fire them last year? No one can still no one can still to this day explain. Why both of those guys still had a job after what happened last year? They made it the just playoffs. made no. Because they made Because yeah. they made the just what Smoke just said. They made the playoffs. Yeah, but, no, whatever. But especially, dude. No, every the whole city was like, no, don't bring them back. And the Bears organization, the, the was it uh, Phillips and I think uh, uh, McCaskey, McCaskey went ahead and and gave like a press conference, kind of explained the decision making. <laughs> Because no, it made no sense, dude. Especially Nagy. If Pace was kept, I'm like, maybe you can make the case for Pace. But Nagy, the fact that he lost play calling duties, and that's when the offense actually looked like they were an NFL offense and could score points. And then as soon as he kind of got involved again, <laughs> it didn't seem to be the same kind of offense. And this dude kept his job, and he huffed and puffed about it. Well, hey, but I, I think this- it worked out best. This go, year go versus that. last year. Why is that? 
because, like you said, at least Nagy should have been gone last year. But then Pace hires the next coach, and I don't want him hiring the next coach. I mean, I'm, that's no guarantee that he's going to do it this that he's going to be gone this year. It's no what guarantee. if he hired a good coach though? Okay, yeah. What if? But I rather not know. I rather not know what if. I rather someone else do that. Okay, you know. Like, I think last year it would have been Nagy that could have been gone and Pace could have survived one more year. Right. But this year, it's it's clear that both <laughs> should be gone. Well, and it's good that they will be is gone it, together. Is, is here's the deal. You said you said they're it, always they're always behind, right? Yeah, the Bears. The Bears, organization. the Bears organization. Always, always behind. Right. Not really well, innovative. Maybe no. they're really, they're way behind at this point. And so now, you know. They can do something, you know. They, they, this, you're right. It should have happened last season. <laughs> but now you're, you know, you're still, you're still a whole season behind, and now you can actually, you know, do it right. So, are you giving me your full circle of idiocy theory? Yes. That we were, we were that's in last a, so that's long a, that's that exactly, the arrow came back around. We were first now. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> the Bears through inverse thinking. <laughs> Somehow find it back. Are going to get it? They're going to get it right. Going to get it right and be ahead, be ahead of the crowd. We'll yes. see, man. I mean, look, the Bengals. Like I said, the Bengals, they look dynamic. I mean, the free agent pickups they made pretty much all hit on, and their draft picks have, have come to play. And with a healthy quarterback, they, the Ravens make them look like the most dangerous team in the NFL. But they're still dynamic, and they have weapons and they're starting to improve the line and it's something that that coach they kept that coach and i'm sure he was a bit on the hot seat and especially after getting the first pick in the draft injured behind that horrible line they should have been handing the ball off a whole bunch more that year than passing the ball i thought oh, he's gonna lose his job <laughs> you know trying to play but but he knows what he's doing as far as play calling and running that offense and so it, that's the payoff and i think that's what the bears if we're going to be a little bit positive here i think that's what the bears are hoping was that Nagy, you know, if you stick with them long enough, it'll pay off. It'll come around. I just think they lost that gamble. Yeah, I, I think they – I think this year, drafting fields, they wanted to see if, okay, was it Trubisky? Right. Or right. was it you? <laughs> you know, and I think they have the answer that it was it was both. Both. <laughs> Yeah. It was both. More you know? so, more so on the coach, though, I think. Yes. Yeah, because he could have he could have schemed Trubisky into better success. Right, right. And he didn't, you know. Like he could have played him in the preseason. Like it's it's a reason that guy is is appears to be happier than he's ever been as a backup that's never going to play. <laughs> Right, in Buffalo. versus versus still being a starting quarterback in Chicago, you know, like did he did he play it. this year? No, I'm did he get like a did he get a game? Mop up, maybe some kind of mop up duty or something. But nothing he definitely ain't started no games. Yeah, nothing of significance. But you know what though, if you look at next year's free agents, he looks like one he's of on the top list. five. Yes. Yeah, he's on the list. He's one of the top five. Arguably, he could be top three if Buffalo clinches and he plays one game. Just so Allen doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. They got us. It's gonna be a tough task to clinch, though. Well, he's got. They, if they win one more and New England loses, I think they clinch, don't they? 
Well, yeah, it comes down to that, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so saying it's just one more game left. But but New England got Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville's playing for something. Now, actually, they're playing for nothing. They want to get their first <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Houston and nah, they were playing too much the, pride. the Dolphins this coming week instead of week 18. Buffalo might be might have a chance to clinch, but, <laughs> but they playing Jacksonville. It's over with. Hey, uh, we got some really, really bad news um, today before we uh, started uh, this podcast. Um, we lost a, a broadcasting great uh, Jeff Dickerson uh, from ESPN. Uh, he was a Bears beat reporter, uh, also did shows for ESPN. Uh, really great dude. Died today at the age of 44 of uh, colon cancer. So we uh, want to send our condolences out to uh, his family uh, and friends. Um, I wouldn't say we. I knew him uh, closely, but uh, but through working uh, in sports media in Chicago, um, I think 2009, 2010, I was a booking producer with uh, then Comcast Sportsnet. So uh, I would uh, book all the shows, including uh, Chicago Tribune Live um, uh, for the network. And uh, Jeff Dickerson was one of those guys that um, that I would reach out to and uh, have on the show. But he was always, man, just a solid guy, uh, always really nice and, and uh, knew what he was knew what he was talking about. It was just a, just a great listen on the radio. So uh, definitely want to send our condolences out, out out to them to, to his family uh, yeah just basically echo everything you say i didn't really know him personally per se but just as work colleagues you know and just you, you work in industry and you have casual conversations about what else sports you know so easy easy conversations and he was an easy person to talk to uh and more importantly he was the person who listened you know he, yeah. he wasn't just someone who just give you a couple of words i'm a personality and he's out the door he would you know give you the respect of listening to what you were saying and then comment based on how the conversation was going which is just a sign of respect and a sign of humanity if you ask me to just really take that time to give the other person and allow them to be who they are in their space and vice versa so uh definitely condolences to him and his family um heart goes out to their 11 year old son who unfortunately Right. Unfortunately, Jeff and uh, his son, uh, they had lost Jeff's wife uh, two years prior. And her, her battle was with a different type of cancer, melanoma cancer, if, I, if I'm correct. Is. Yeah. And um, so for for the young man, I, I, I apologize for not knowing his name, but for him to have lost both parents in such a fashion at such a young age, any age, that's but just a young, young developmental mm-hmm. age, uh, that's just that's gut wrenching. So, um yeah, and and uh, and Jeff just to speak to him again, right quick. The type of person that uh, he always uh, was with with everyone else, Bob McClure, another young, um, relatively young, you know, you know, reporter here in the Chicago area, had passed away, I think, a couple of years ago, and uh, to some type of respiratory situation, I believe. And there's a foundation because um, Bob was so well loved, uh, not only here in Chicago but also in Atlanta where he had been working for the last uh, several years or so. Uh, and, and with ESPN, that connection as well. Uh, but Jeff Dickerson would give him his time to Bob McClure's foundation, being one of the integral people involved with that uh, that entire foundation. And they're just, 
you know, speaks to his respect for, you know, his colleagues and how, you know, he viewed them and his commitment as a person uh, to things that were, were definitely uh, worthy to give their, their attention and efforts to. So just an all around kind of dude. Yes, sir. And then um, we also got, got awful news on the passing of John Madden, um, NFL coaching and broadcast and um, uh, video icon passed at the age of 85. Um, Madden, I, I, he's one of the reasons I am a, as big of a football fan as I am uh, right now. Um, you know, I think back, number one is the 80s Bears. <laughs> the reason why I love football. Um, my dad's best friend <laughs> is a huge, huge football guy. He actually played, uh, he played at the University of Illinois, a uh, huge football fan. And so I was able to, uh, to sort of uh, bring his passion in um, um, into me. And, and it's a big reason why I love football. And the third reason is John Madden. Um, you know, watching those 80s Bears and when Pat Summerall and John Madden showed up in the booth at Soldier Field at, during that time, that meant <laughs> it was a big game. Right. And, and I, I just, man, I, I love listening in on John Madden. Um, that was back, back in those CBS days, man. I, I love the open and he come in and, you know, hey, it's, you know, it's cold outside, you know. The cold doesn't really bother people, but the wind, the wind is, the wind is key. The wind is key. Boom. You know, that's a it's bad. It's cold outside. It's cold, right. but that's, that's not, that's not going to bother teams that much. You see, look, it's, it's look, the wind. Look at these guys here. The big uglies. His arms are bare. The cold doesn't bother him. Look at this guy. He's got sleeves off. He's got, what's he's he doing with sleeves? You got to, you got to take those sleeves off. And he used the telestrator to, 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 to scribble right, the sleeves. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, and then, man, from there, you know, from from uh, from broadcaster to then the the video game, and you know, once that video game came out, man, I was I was it was the, it was the best yeah. video game that that, that that was ever made, man. Yes, uh, you know, before before Madden, before before uh, Madden, there was there was ten yard fight. Well, wait, we go back to uh, Atari football. Now, oh, come on now. You're doing disrespect. Now, come on, man. You're talking about my era. This is my era. Okay, okay? go for it. Okay. <laughs> I know that where you're going to go with this, though. That, that Atari football was garbage from the get-go, but the first real true best video football game to Ooh, play. Barry Sanders. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. I know and where he's going. And it held up a lot longer than people realized, even until, like, the late 80s, even right before Madden came out. In television football. <laughs> Mattel's and television football. It had like six or seven players. They even have a full 11. And it was straight <laughs> two-dimensional. But let me tell you, man, and the 15 minutes you play were true 15 minutes. <laughs> if you play 15-minute quarters, you were playing that bad for, for, for over an hour. It, it was sweet, dude. I used to play with my brother all the time. And it's just one little move. I give a little Barry Sanders, Walter Payton shake. But uh, but yeah, even going back that far, Madden was something that was revolutionary. I think that's what you're getting ready to say. Yeah, and he, yeah, and, I, and he, you know, well before that, I was gonna, I was going to say ten yard fight when you'd have to. Uh, it would take the entire quarter <laughs> to 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 get like an eighty. You have like an eighty yard run. It would take the entire <laughs> quarter to get to the end zone on that one play. <laughs> um, but none of the games had like full 
you know, 11 on 11 football. Right. And Madden, when they when they approached him about about uh, doing this video game, he said, the only way I'm going to put my name on this is if it's authentic. And so they had right. to, to go to the drawing board and figure out how to do, you know, real right. football. And they know? changed it. Everything used to be like, you know, like TV style, how you would see it. Then he changed the perspective. Where it was right. Like right. Overhead from behind. Right. That, that changed everything. It's been that way ever since. Yeah. And man, that. I think it, it changed, you know, at least in my generation, us football fans, it changed our lives, man. Um, Madden was a, you know, a staple in my, from 1990 until today. I just got, man, my uh, my mother-in-law bought me Madden 22 for Christmas. I, I just opened it up. <laughs> so, so, man, it's, it's just, it's, it's been a staple for all these, you know, going over 30 years, but just, he's just been an icon in this, in, in, in football. You're talking what? Six, seven decades, man. Uh, since, yeah. you know, coaching, uh, broadcasting, and then the video game, man, it's just, uh, just an icon. He's going to be missed. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's weird because like, just was it last week or a week before last? Cause they were showing on Fox, like the, the, the documentary, yeah, the Matt, the all yeah. Matt documentary, yeah. And yeah. I had, forgive me for this, but I hadn't seen or John or heard anything of John Madden like in real time until then. Like, right. like I'm like, you know, is he not healthy? What's wrong? Like, is something yeah. wrong? Is he not with us? And I didn't know that. Like, and then I saw him on that. And I'm like, oh wait, there's John right there. Like, and then for two weeks or so later, you know, he's gone. 85 years, you know, he lived a amazing life. He's left the imprint on this game. Is you know that's gonna last forever. You know, one of my favorite moments of John Madden is you know one of my favorite movies, Little Giants. You know, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of my favorite moments of John Madden. But, you know, like like you say, the impact of the game, you know, if it's one game, I, I'm not very heavy into, you know, video games like baseball I used to guy. be. <laughs> baseball guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a baseball guy, but if it's one game that I'm going to get, if I, if I go into a moment where I'm like, you know what, I need some games for my PlayStation, Madden is a game you got to have, you know. So that's the imprint he's had. I. I don't feel that way about a lot of other things, you know, but Madden is that one game. If you, a person like me who might go years without playing this video game, if I decide tomorrow, like, you know what? I'm ready to start back playing the game. I'm going to get mad. That's one of them games I'm going to grab. So, you know, yeah, a legend gone, but left it, left his imprint, man. Left his yeah, imprint. I just, I hope. Uh, people go back and just you know see exactly actually watch the documentary that you said i haven't seen it yet i actually DVR'd i haven't it. either but i dvr'd it uh i haven't watched it yet but i'm going to um but most of it's probably a, a, a whole generation of, of kids out there that really don't know who the who madden is they just know him because of the video game they right. know the name from the video game yeah. they don't know you know who john madden is and 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 what he brought to the game um so yeah, definitely go go back and definitely check out check out that documentary um, from Fox that I heard heard is pretty good. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss that guy, no doubt about it, uh, John Madden. 
I'm so old, man. I remember him coaching, and I didn't like I didn't like the Raiders and the Steelers. I was a big Steeler fan, so I always wanted the Steelers to beat the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then that one time they beat them, and when they got to the Super Bowl eleven to play the Vikings, as much as I hated the Vikings because I was a Bears fan, I wanted the Vikings to beat the Raiders because I just <laughs> didn't like the Raiders. And I thought, like, who's this oh, heavy set coach over here? He's overrated. He's not mm-hmm. all that. He's lucky. He got this, you know, they, that fumble ruski stuff. He's a lucky coach. What a hack. <laughs> Guy has the best winning percentage in the history of the NFL of coaches with 100 or more games. <laughs> but, you know, I was a kid. What did I know? But, uh, but yeah, man, John Madden, like you guys said, a legend. Uh, a lot of people understand the game better who don't even Absolutely. play the game. Yeah. You know, and because, who probably yeah. never played the game <laughs> but because of Madden. He made, he made it. He made it simple, man. Made it simple. He, and he can break it down him. better than better than anybody. Oh, no doubt. And you can see that even when you play the, you know, that's him when you're watching him as a broadcaster. And also from the video game, you know, learning what a cover two does and learning the difference between the cover two and, you know, one man deep. All that stuff is, you know, born of Madden, like you said, wanting things to be authentic. Um, but, you know, when you're watching him as a kid, as I was growing up watching him, you know, on TV, there were other announcers who were color analysts like Merle Olson, other former, you know, Frank Gifford, other former players who were in the booth who were very good and who were Hall of Fame caliber in their own right. He came in. He's a whole different kind of dude. <laughs> and he made it enjoyable. He made it fun. He made it active. Like you said, he broke it down so that a kid like me can argue with my dad who never thought I was wrong or right about anything. And that he was always right. <laughs> but I can say, no, nah, dad, it's going to be holding it because, it, hey, you know what? And in the whole call, look at the ref and just be able to look at my dad's side eye and be like, thanks, Madden. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Hey guys, let's uh let's go on the picks. And uh this part of the show. I think everybody had a good week, man. <laughs> oh, I did. We are yeah. <laughs> this, this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh we all went we all went two and one. Oh man, show you right on this week. Um, let's see. So, smoke that puts you now at 18, 26, and one. Uh, Glenn, remember, we had that game out of last place. We had that Rams game, uh, which was a push from uh, from last week. So, uh, so you. With the with the uh, with the one game tie there, you're now 19, 24, and two on the on the season, and um, I am now 24, 20, and one uh, with two weeks to go. So, uh, so I, I'm pumped I'm, up, looking good over here. I just want to know: am I tied or am I, am I, am I behind? Smoke? How does that work? I mean, I'm one ahead of them. With the two you ties, are. Yeah, I got to look at the percentage there. <laughs> I feel like a hockey team. Yes, yeah, well, we should just do points. <laughs> yeah, you're two points behind. Um, I think you are, if I'm not mistaken, you're a game and a half up. Oh, is that how that works? I, I think so. The two the yeah. two ties really throw me off. Is that, yeah. is, that like, is that like one hole? I just don't understand how that, how that works. All right, so uh, so smoke. You started off. What you got? Man, I'm gonna go Bears minus six. 
versus the Giants. That's a funny one. I think I, I think wait, I'm a, wait, I'm a roll wait. with you on that one. By the way, did, did you just say Bears minus six? Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! So what's the score going to be? Thirteen to six. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, uh-huh. Mike, if Mike Glennon is starting, yeah, I'm oh. going with the other team. No doubt about it. Um, oh my lord! I think I'm going to go Falcons plus fourteen and a half. What the hell is you smoking, Smoke? We <laughs> giving a whole new different meaning to the name Smoke, dude. What's <laughs> what in the name? What the Falcons it? plus minus fourteen? No, they're plus oh, fourteen. Plus 14. Oh, plus fourteen. Oh, I thought you said minus. Yeah. No, 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 no. You did plus. say minus, but minus, yeah, plus. minus fourteen. No, they're plus. They're, they're plus, plus fourteen and a half. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you okay. said minus. That's why I was like, my whoa, plus fourteen and a half. I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna take Jacksonville plus 15 and a half versus New England. Wow. Ooh. Okay. I, I go back to what my earlier said. What you smoking, man? What, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? That's a lot. That is a lot of points. All right. So you got the Bears minus six. I got you with the Falcons plus 14 and a half and the Jaguars plus 15 and a half. All right, Glenn, what you got? All right. Um, I'm gonna do my one professional game. And I'm going to go to Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus 12 and a half. Or was it 13 and a half? I'm sorry, minus 13 and a half against the Jets. Okay. Tom, Tom's a little upset about how the offense has been running lately. So I think he wants to make a, a point. And there's no better team to make a point against against the Sad Sack Jets. Um, I'm going to go college. And I'm going to take uh, it is North Carolina over South Carolina. I think they're minus five and a half or six and a half. Wow. You're taking just a regular bowl game, huh? Well, here's the thing, my five feathered friend. I should take that back. I was wrong. It's minus nine and a half. So North Carolina minus nine and a half against South Carolina. South Carolina's defensive end, who's a first round draft pick, is not playing that game. Ready for the draft. The smart he's, move. He's an edge rusher, so he's not playing. North Carolina's quarterback, who arguably going into the draft was a Heisman candidate and a potential is and is still a potential first round pick. He is playing that game. Yeah, he wants to improve his draft stock. <laughs> so he's gonna play in this border war. And not only that, but Sam Howe's a quarterback I'm talking about from North Carolina who's staying, uh, who will be uh taken, you know, in next year's draft. But Sam Howell also was born and raised in North Carolina, Indian Trails, North Carolina. He went to school in North Carolina State. So I think that guy wants to go out as one of the state's, you know, most beloved citizens and all that stuff. So a lot of emotional reasons. And speaking of emotion, we're moving on to Purdue versus Tennessee. I'm going to take my volunteers because George Kalaftis, the edge rusher for Purdue, <laughs> Who's a first round draft select, maybe a top 20 pick. And David Bell, David Bell, excuse me, uh, the best wide receiver Purdue's ever had, who will also maybe slide into the first round. They both have opted out as well. So Tennessee minus six against Purdue and North Carolina minus nine and a half against South Carolina. And taking the Buccaneers over the Jets minus 13 and a half. I'm going to stick with some college football here. I am going to take. Georgia minus seven and a half over Michigan. 
Really? Mm. You don't think the fighting tan pan Harbaugh's are going to win? Nope, I sure don't. Sure don't think so. I mean, they're going to win outright, right? I want them to win. Um, SEC. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, man. <laughs> we coming after the SEC. <laughs> you know, Mississippi State and Auburn both lost their bowl games. They on the West. Don't be coming after the SEC East. <laughs> Everybody hates tennis. Everybody hates SEC come bowl time. They whoop that ass in the championship. And they just gotta say they're still the best conference. Um, the Packers let me down last week, but I am going to stick with them. I'm gonna take the Packers at minus seven over Minnesota. Is that what it is? Yeah. No, six. And I got six and a half. Minus six that's, and a half. That's always a tough game when they because Minnesota has a tendency to. Yeah, but this game is in Green Bay. I usually – Minnesota usually wins the game in Minnesota, which they did, and Green Bay usually wins it's, in Green Bay. Okay. Cousins is playing, He's still right? playing. Yeah, he's okay. still playing. He, he hasn't tested positive yet. Oh, speaking of testing positive, pick your last pick. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm take the Bears. Minus six – Against the when, Giants, win one game and these guys are offensive juggernauts. Is Nick Foles starting <laughs> no, the quarterback? I told, I told you <laughs> this is about Mike Glennon starting a quarterback for the New York Giants. That's what this is about. Oh, okay. <laughs> you say these guys win one game, they offensive juggernauts. <laughs> so I'm taking the Bears. What are you gonna say about COVID? So the defense is scoring for uh for the Bears. I see because it's gonna cough it up. Uh what I was saying, speaking of uh you know uh, I forget what the what the thing was into, but but um the freaking NFL, what the hell's going on, dude? I mean, seriously, they don't care about their players. The NFL does not give a damn about his players. They are changing the COVID protocols from 10 days, knocking it down to five. How are you going to knock it down in half? If they, Is hey, that for vaccinated or, or just I think that's, that's, that's for vaccinated. For vaccinated. But, but that's the NBA, too. That's every, it's every, I'm telling you. NBA is, did that, too. Oh, okay. Well, hell. The sports organizations the, don't what, care what, about their players. This is, this is bigger what? than sports, man. The this CDC, is, this the is, CDC yeah. just came out and said, regular this, humans. This is about our economy. Really? So, so the NBA billion dollar multi-billion dollar industry and the nfl multi-billion dollar industry has said oh wow well the cdc says it's wink wink it's now hey, fine meanwhile the hey. nhl nhl don't make as much money they're like hey, hey we're shutting shit down until well remember the nhl has the nhl has the the canadian the canadian teams on their on on that side and canada's not playing around I know that, and it right. That's my point. Because it's Canada's like it's about your lives, not money. Yeah. But I'm but I'm saying but I'm saying no. This is this is this is about. And I hate to get political here, and it's not really political, but it's it's the entire it's uh, theories. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the government of, of this country, man. That's what this yes. is about. Yes. Uh, Welcome to the dark side. About, this is about trying to <laughs> to save our economy. That's what this is. Welcome about. to the dark side. <laughs> so, Keep the so, economy rolling. It's bigger than sports. So it's I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's jumping on board yeah right they don't care about people's lives they just care about making dollars Look, both both leagues have had enough players get it 
players start magically <laughs> popping up for Christmas Day. <laughs> look, look, they, look, I'm telling you. Look, they like, okay, we've made our point. Now everyone is going to be healthy for the rest of the NBA season. Oh man! See now, yeah, you you didn't man, you didn't perk smoke up, man. He been talking about this all <laughs> all season. I, I, I'm sorry, smoke to have doubted you. I'm sorry to think you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's going to do it for this edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. We want to thank everyone for listening. Um, you can catch our our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, you can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you'll find a link to our podcast as well as the Super Duper podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and the Father Good podcast hosted by Kenny Stevenson and Marshall Givens. We want to wish everyone a very, very happy new year. And with that, hey, Glenn. Yes, sir. Please take us out. Uh, hey, going to change up a little bit this time. Um, you know, Madden was never wrong. So he made playing video games all day seem always right. We'll see you next week.